Thank you for joining us today for this life-changing message from River of Life. If you are ever in our area, we would love for you to join us. For more information, visit us at rol.com. That's rol.com. Or download our app in the App Store under ROL Crawfordville. Now, let's join youth pastor Brian Blackwell as he teaches from the Word of God. Good morning, River of Life. You know, on days like this, I can't believe they even pay me to do this job. What an honor, what joy in this house. Thank you for pouring into our youth. And it is awesome to be a youth pastor of a church that does not see our youth as the future, but sees them as the present. That's an important thing. That's an important thing. And another thing that is very important, and Pastor and I talk about this from time to time, is you are in a church that absolutely positively does not rush spiritual maturity. We do not rush you to Christ. We don't want to push you and give you more responsibility than you're ready to handle. God's word says clearly, until you can handle the small things, you will not be given big things. And what we do in our youth program, we celebrate every step along the way that they get closer and closer to Christ. That's what we do. So if they are starting to pray, if they're in their Bible, if they're bringing friends, if they're on their face down here, we just applaud that. I just want to say thank you from my heart. Michelle and I thank you for supporting our youth program like you do. Hey, you know, there's nothing like seeing caps and gowns and the graduates to get us into a spirit of celebration and joy. And I want to begin this morning by doing some more celebrating in the Lord and discuss River of Life's mission funds thus far in 2022. I want to start there. Year-to-date, River of Life has given a total of $33,119 to foreign and home missions. And we have an additional $13,689 waiting to be distributed to various, various missions home and abroad that we support. So if you add those numbers together, you get $46,808 in our total 2020 mission funding thus far as of Wednesday. That's a lot. You're almost at 50 grand through May. But let's talk real quick about the poor box funding, something very near and dear to my heart. Our total thus far is $12,288 given directly to our local community and largely to our River of Life church family. $12,288 from you guys that we have distributed locally into the River of Life family. Now, the poor box fund is currently $20. And the reason it is $20 is because as that money comes in, it goes right back out. I One of the things that I would say since coming onto staff that I was shocked to see is the sheer need in the community. We have people knocking on the door, both church members and not, every week needing some sort of financial assistance. So don't think that $20 is supposed to be $5,000. What good would that be? Once it comes in, it goes right back out. Now, speaking of the poor boxes, they are going to be coming back up on the stage. Yeah. And Pastor and I wanted to point out, you know, if you know somebody in need, 
Don't feel like you got to come up and put money into the poor box. Go to that person, go to that family, go to that individual and say, here, I want to minister to you. Many of you were here back when we were doing our 3G campaign, right? Generous givers giving. Take that upon yourself. But if you don't have somebody that you know that is in need, feel free. Poor boxes up on stage. The staff will get it out promptly as we discussed. Before I begin my sermon today, I'm going to take advantage of being in the pulpit, and I'm going to ask you guys to pray for me. I need some prayer, some specific prayer concerning an issue I have no idea how to defeat. Keep in mind, I live in the woods in the major metropolis of Sopchoppy. <laughs> but I am serious. I need your prayers as this issue is starting to rob me of my joy. Can I get an amen in the house? Now, you may laugh, but I'm convinced yellow flies are proof that we need Jesus' help in our lives. And, And here's the other part. I'm originally from Kentucky, so I know that you know that I hate to wear shoes when it's not legally required. You Florida people are rough on us Kentucky folk. And I'll tell you, these little demons, they attack my feet like bees to honey. Many of you know I spent a lot of time on our boat giving wakeboard lessons and through our ministry, and they just absolutely wear my feet out. So much so that when I'm on the boat, I've got what I call, I've started to call it the yellow fly shuffle. All right? And it looks a little something like this. That is the yellow fly shuffle. My youth and I started working on it yesterday, and we'll have a better version of it, but that's the origin. So I'm going to ask you a question. How, show of hands, how many of you were here two weeks ago when Pastor Henry did a little dance on this very stage, and his dance went a little like this? Right? You remember that? I like to call that the Pastor Henry Joy in Jesus dance. So now, church, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Blackie, if you combined your yellow fly shuffle with Pastor Henry's joyful dance, what would that look like? I'm getting ready to sh- No, I'm not going to do that. I'm not gonna- <laughs> no, I don't have it. I don't have it. Hey. <laughs> yellow flies aside, hear me when I say this. As a Kentucky native... And as a nine-year residence in Sop Choppy, I'm very proud to live in Wakulla County. And I want to show you another picture that would help express my pride in living in our county. Two weeks ago, Claire was crowned Miss Junior Wakulla County. And if I boast, I boast in the Lord. It gives me great pleasure to see my daughter next to one of her heroes, Miss Molly Jones. And if I boast, I boast in the Lord. I just absolutely love that we have girls. They want to be Miss Wakulla. They are active members of River of Life. They use their talents and their platforms to speak of Jesus. And it makes me so very proud and very joyful. Before I get into my sermon this morning, If you want to know something real, Wakulla, I'm going to give you 
an excerpt from my daughter's speech when she introduced herself at the Wakola pageant. So keep in mind, Claire, 12-year-old, she's wearing this really nice, like, uh, go-out outfit, if you will. It's black. It looks really pretty. And so she, she introduces herself. She goes up to the microphone. She says, I'm originally from Nashville, Tennessee, and uh, although I've been to Guatemala and I've done some things outside of Wakola, I am a true Wakola girl. And here's what makes me a Wakola girl. Number one, I love to tell my friends about Jesus. She said, number two, the O'Clockney River is my backyard swimming hole. Right? Not a swimming, you know, a swimming hole, not a swimming pool. And then she said, what else makes me Wakulla is I love to eat boiled peanuts. <laughs> but she went on to add, not the ones that you get at the gas station, mind you, but the ones you buy on the side of the road. <laughs> and then she said, and this past spring, I killed me a big old wild turkey and it had a 10-inch beard on it. I think if she would have mentioned mullet, she could probably run for mayor. <laughs> the title of my message today is Truth, Service, and Social Media. Now, obviously, this morning in God's house, there's a primary focus on our graduates and on our youth. But from the moment I was asked to speak by Pastor Henry, my prayer for this message would be that the Lord would give me a word that applied to all in attendance and everyone watching online. Our first scripture this morning is going to come out of John 17, 17. We'll begin on our truth portion. Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. That's some good news right there. These are Jesus's words spoken to God shortly before he was to be crucified for our sins. And what he's asking the Lord, his father to do is to set his people aside. He's asking to purify them and to do so via God's truth. As truly we all know, the truth will set you free. To sanctify them, to purify, set them apart. One reason I asked Josh Gray to pray over the graduates today, church, is this past Thursday, as he mentioned, and we didn't have this plan, it just happened. During our board of directors member, our board, I'm sorry, let me back up, our board of directors meeting, our board members began discussing God's word and his truth and the importance of pursuing just that, his truth through his word. Now, as a fellow board member and those of you that are in the audience, I can tell you, rarely do we spend a ton of time on policy, finances, building, staffing, etc. Am I right, Al? We want to focus on kingdom things. And when this topic came up, and when Josh prayed about the topic, it instantly spoke to me in a very bold manner. And I begin to think, if we're not living in God's truth, graduates, and we're not sharing his truth, what exactly are we doing? Are we playing church? And can we all agree here in the house this morning that the truth can both be helpful and it can be hurtful at the same time? Boy, some people have told me the truth in the past, many of you in this room, and it has hurt. But it was needed and it was helpful. Can we also agree that hearing the truth and receiving the truth are not the same thing? Recently, I was traveling back from Philadelphia, and I had a very early flight. 
And I'm a seasoned traveler. I know to get there an hour, hour and 15 minutes, unless you're flying out of Tallahassee, you can be there about 35 minutes early. So I got there in plenty of time. And when I walked into the Delta counter where the agents were, every line had about 30 deep of people waiting to check bags, get bag tags, and get their boarding passes. Again, I'm well-trained, so I go to the kiosk. I print my, my own bag tag. I put my bag on the conveyor belt. I've got my boarding pass on my phone. I'm ready to go. I promise you I'm going to make my flight. But from the moment I walked in, I noticed there was a gentleman, a Hispanic gentleman, short guy. He had a cart, and he had about eight bags on it. And on top of one of those bags was a child's car seat. And he was about fourth back in line way toward the rear. But you know how God gives you the ability to see people and what they're going through? You know what I'm talking about? You can see people and know that they're hurting. I could tell that he was hurting. I still went through my business. I handled my business. And as I was walking by, I felt, Black, you need to talk to this man. If nothing else, just say hi. So I walked up to him and I said, excuse me, sir. My name is Brian Blackwell. Is there anything that I can do to help you today? panic on this man's face. He said, my, my flight, my flight, it, it, it's in 35 minutes. It's in 35 minutes. I'd, and his English wasn't as good as, as I'm portraying here. He, he said, in 35 minutes, I, I've got to get on the plane. And it came over me real quick. This, this man needs to hear the truth. I said, what is your name? He said, it is Orlando. I said, well, Orlando, I've got some bad news for you, brother. You're not going to get on that plane in 35 minutes. Even if we went to the kiosk that I just came from, we checked his bags. We got all his family together, which who knows where they were. Then they got through security that was at least 40 minutes to clear. You guys are nodding your head. You know what I'm talking about. He's not getting on that plane. And for those of you that are serious travels, you know you got to be at the gate 10 minutes before it departs because they shut the door. Orlando, you're not going anywhere soon. And how can I help you resolve this issue? And I'm telling you, once I told this man the truth, it was like it set him free. He was like, no, are, are you sure? I said, you're not getting through this. You need to go right over here to this lady that had like two in line, and you need to find another flight. Sitting in this line right here is not going to do you any good. You're not going to get on your plane. How many of us have friends and families, members, coworkers, people in church, neighbors, that perhaps we need to lay some truth on and say, listen, you're not going to get on that plane. It took five minutes of my day. I don't know what his outcome was, but I can tell you this. I got involved. I gave him the truth, and we started moving forward and instead of wasting more time on something that wasn't going to help this man. I was so glad God put me in that situation. I want to move on to serving. Matthew 20, 28 reads, Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom of many. Boy, if you're in our youth program and you spend any time around me, you know that I am here to tell you that Jesus Christ is the washer of feet. That he humbled himself. He was a server and servant leadership was his deal. That's who he was. That's, who his, that's what his heart was. And if you truly follow him, that's what your heart needs to be. A servant. 
My youth will tell you lately we've been discussing the difference between volunteering and serving. Christians in the house today, I want you to know, and we can debate this all day long, but there is a difference between volunteering and serving. As Christians, when we help others, whether it be an individual or a charitable organization, we are not volunteers. We are servers. We are made in the image of God, and God's son was not a volunteer. He was a server. He was a washer of feet, and he always, hear me, he always put others first, and he humbled himself constantly in every relationship he had. I want to show you a photo real quick. For those of you who don't know, this is Charlie Ward. Charlie Ward was a 1993 champion at Florida State University. That year, under Bobby Bowden, he also won the Heisman Trophy. And two weeks ago, he stood on this very stage and addressed the Fellowship of Christian Athletes Association. And how many times during Charlie Ward's, I don't know, he spoke for at least 30 minutes, how many times do you think he mentioned his Heisman Trophy? Not once. He didn't mention anything about his personal achievements. Instead, this man, who was not a professional football player after he graduated, he went on to play professional basketball for the New York Knicks, the Houston Rockets, and the San Antonio Spurs. This is an athlete. But more than that, this is a weapon of God right here. Because what he talked about during his speech, hear me on this. This past year, he won the state title for Florida High School in basketball. He's their basketball coach now, but he used to be their football coach. And to his own admission on this stage, he's not a very good football coach. Here's where I'm going with this. Charlie said, you know how I could make a difference when I was coaching and we were losing? He said, after the game, after we shook hands, after we said our prayer, I went over to the sideline and I started picking up trash so that others would see me picking up trash and know that I had a servant's heart. And maybe that would start a conversation where we could start then talking about why I, Heisman Trophy Charlie Ward, pick up Gatorade bottles, pieces of gum, athletic tape that people have been slobs and just thrown on the ground. This is Charlie Ward's words. He humbled himself to do the dirtiest job out there. Now, we also got to talk about LeBron James and Michael Jordan with Charlie Ward. Fascinating, fascinating man he is. I have another photo to show you concerning serving. Actually, I don't. I want to pass on that because I want you to see the real life thing today. Miss Kathy Eckhorn, would you please stand? I would like for you to please continue to stand, Kathy. Kathy's title around here, I do not know what it is, and I sit on the staff. I think you could call her the cleaning lady, but it's more like super superstar. <laughs> this campus is not small. 
Do you know how many bathrooms we have at River of Life? The answer is a lot. (laughs) And inside of each bathroom, some of them have numerous stalls. And she has zero help. Now, occasionally when we have big events, we'll bring people in from the outside. But this lady keeps this place meticulous because she loves Jesus. Last thing I will say about Miss Kathy, we recently installed a really awesome volleyball court in behind the youth zone. And when I mean volleyball, we brought in a ton of beautiful sand. How many of you know teenagers are messy? How many of you know teenagers, after playing in the sand with their sweaty feet, they don't really care. They just walk right into the youth zone carpet. I give her a heads up when it's going to be really nasty. My volunteers try to clean up best we can, but I say, Kathy, listen, you got your work cut out for the youth zone today. We got sand in there, and I need your help. I'm sorry. And she says, my hand to my Savior, congregation, I'm telling you the truth. Her word said, well, I'd much rather clean up that mess because we got a lot of kids and not have a mess to clean up. I'm going to let you sit down, Kathy, but I want to say thank you once again for showing me how to serve. Graduates, you don't have to be a property caretaker like Miss Kathy. Many of you are going into the medical field. You're going to be teachers. You're going to be politicians. You're going to do a lot of great things. But you could do a lot worse than to emulate Miss Kathy. I promise you. Servitude. Christ did not come to be served, but to serve graduates. In closing, I want to use several members of my youth to show you the power of social media. What you're about to see are actual posts that members of the River of Life youth have placed on Instagram or whatever platform I follow them on, and you're going to see their words. Now, I couldn't take a screenshot exactly of it because it didn't translate really good to the screen, but what they do is they share stories, and they post these words on Instagram. One of the rules that we have in the youth program, if you're on Instagram, you have to follow me and I have to follow you. I know what you're saying. There's a lot of bad stuff on social media. There's a lot of negative and disappointing aspects. But the fact of the matter, the fact of the matter is, church, social media is not going anywhere. Therefore, we might as well use it in a manner that tells our friends, our followers, maybe even tells the world who our Jesus is. Many of these kids in the youth program have five, six, 10,000 followers. 
And if you make a post about Jesus out there, if one of them takes time to read it, it changes their day. It alters their course. It gets them to think about something. Hey, that might be the only Bible reference they have among all of the people that they follow. And I will tell you this too, church. Hear me when I say this. It takes guts to stand up for Jesus online if you're a youth. It takes guts. So what you're about to see, again, are actual posts that I want to share with you today. As we do this, I don't want to speak. I'm not going to read them off to you. Let's just enjoy them for what they are. Graduates, take a look at this advice. I think I like that one the best. The youth would tell you, many of you know, I have little things called blackieisms, things that I like to say. We all know that show me your friends, I'll show you your future is one of them. We also know that a blackieism is just do the next right thing. Whatever's in front of you, however you stumble, just do the next right thing to get back on track. Another one that I know and I love is nobody cares how much you know till they know how much you care. But the new blackieism is rule number one, don't make God number two. Don't make God number two. On social media, in your life, in your marriage, in your pursuit of higher education, don't make God number two. Church, I thank you again for your support. It's an absolute honor to sit up here. I don't have anything else to say that is going to top rule number one, never make God number two. Father God, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you that when you are number one, you do amazing things. There's no one simply like you, Lord. And Father, as we go back and we review, thank you for your truth. Thank you for your word that is the truth. Thank you that when we're stumbling and we're lost, we can turn to your truth and get redirected. Father, thank you for being a server. Thank you that you make it so clear in your word how we are to serve other people. And we can just follow your example on that, Lord, that you truly were a server. And Father, I would pray right now for everyone in the house that, Father, we use social media in a way that would honor you. Father, don't let the Internet be a stumbling block for your followers, as, as we know is the case. Father, if someone in this congregation today or their family member is struggling with social media or has a struggle, Lord, with the Internet or what they're viewing or what they're sharing, Lord, we just want you to intervene as only you can. Thank you, Lord, again for this time, for the joy in this house for the seriousness and the fun in this house. And Lord, we thank you again for Miss Kathy. Thank you for bringing us a servant who truly shines. In your precious, your holy, and your mighty name we pray, Lord. Amen. Thank you again for listening to this message from River of Life. 
If this message has touched you today, or if you need someone to pray with, please contact us at 850-926-1200 or email us at info at rolcrawfordville.com. We also want to encourage you to visit us this Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. in Crawfordville. Please visit us online at rolcrawfordville.com for more information and directions.